Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Financia, Coast to Main Podcast, and the host of the Source Financia YouTube channel, of course, back with another one. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. So essentially with Source Financia, like we used to work, we usually work with startups to small, I would say SMEs, but not really SMEs. I would say startups to small companies and entrepreneurs, individual entrepreneurs, Amazon sellers, things like that. And of course, we've worked with larger companies like you guys, if you guys know about the Walmart story, like there's a bunch of different stuff that we've done with big companies. But primarily, we focused on startups. Even our content, you can tell, like, we usually talk about how to start, right? Uh, the beginning stages. That's kind of changed. Obviously, the company itself, Source Manager, was founded in 2011. I jumped on in 2015. It's 2022. Like, we've grown, right? So we are starting to work with larger businesses and... You know, we're obviously making more money than we were before on a consistent basis. So, I mean, inevitably, what tends to happen is like we still want to work with the startups. We still want to service that audience, um, that customer base. But at the same time, working with larger businesses uh, provides more like a larger revenue for probably less time than working with, with startups. So... You know, we decided, okay, how do we service the, the, the people that propped us up and, and what we really are passionate about, really, is startups and things like that. I like, I mean, for me, it's like I want to be a serial entrepreneur. Like, I want to start multiple companies and stuff like that. So, and, and the only reason why I'm here is because as a startup, other people help me. So, like, I want to continue doing that. But at the same time, it from a business perspective, it makes more sense to start to lean towards larger companies. And, and I also think there, there's a, a number of reasons, but the inability to travel to China, and even if you are in China, the inability to travel freely within, uh, within mainland itself has really, you know, sparked this, this transition in the company. For one, a lot of these larger operations, you know, bigger companies who have existing business in China and are... Uh, you know, have been plugging orders for the past you know, X number of years, they need more help on the ground in China now. So they've been contacting us. And, and that's been the biggest transition there. From one side is the larger, the medium and, and large companies that have been coming to us for, um, for sourcing health, and managing orders, handling quality control, getting, getting their goods out of the country has been one aspect, but then on the other side, the inability to travel to China and meet face-to-face with suppliers and check out different facilities has, you know, been very difficult for the small startup companies that we're used to servicing. Um, It's making the barrier to entry bigger and bigger. And, you know, a lot of these people just don't have enough resources to get through this this development time and what we've seen in the last two years is that Chinese factories are way less 
eager to take on developing projects. You know, a lot of these factories don't even want to talk to us about working through designs and, you know, Hey, this, this small company wants to develop this prototype in, you know, if they don't see that a company already has legs and is making orders and has a customer base, there's not much interest there for them to get going. Now we have some partners that, you know, trust us and, and we have longstanding relationships with, so they're willing to put in that time and talk through us with these things and other factories. They're just, you know, they have their sales departments. So, so they're more willing to, to engage in these things. But I mean, man, Rico, I feel like we have at least a dozen projects over the past couple of years where the factory were in the early stages you know, it was as it was before. They were willing to talk to us. They were willing to work through these design issues. And, and you know, some of them were honest and came out and said, hey, this is just isn't in the cards anymore. This isn't what we do. We need to focus on our existing customers because that's the only way we're going to stay afloat. Other people have gone the, you know, the Chinese tomorrow route. Yeah, we'll get you this tomorrow, tomorrow. And they, they never get back to us. And some people have just com- cut out communications. So, you know, the time to get a startup project off the ground has increased exponentially. It's become far more expensive and just overall way more difficult. So I think both of these um, things happening simultaneously has started to change the trajectory of the company. I would agree. But and at the same time, it's like, I, I think I want to say it was three years ago, three years ago, four years ago when Vincent was still working with us, um, one of my goals, okay, it was definitely at least three years ago, uh, probably four. One of the things that I was saying is like, I don't want to be in a position where we have, you know, a thousand clients and we have to have a hundred employees, you know, like all of that stuff. And it's like, it sounds, it used to sound sexy to me when I was younger, but like that was before we got to a stage. I remember that that time period when um, when we were going through a business re- registration, and we got into the new office, and the new office was bigger, sexier, more employees, like all this stuff, and our overhead was a little bit crazy, but we we're making enough money to 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 be profitable. And I'm thinking like sky's the limit. Like let's just keep you know hiring more people. Let's just keep pushing forward. And then we lost our biggest client. Actually, I think we lost two of our biggest clients in the space of like three, four months. And I was like, okay, that's like, uh, it's a lot of overhead to to just, it's a lot of um, revenue to just disappear and, in, in a short space just, of time. Just for reference, one of those clients was an online-based company and they stopped producing their physical products because it wasn't as profitable. And the second company yeah. opened up an entire China department. So, yeah. So anyways, it was just like, yeah, it was just one of those things. It was a lesson for me because like I had to, I had to cut some of the staff. Like I think I had to cut about three employees because obviously the, the employee salaries was probably the biggest thing. And then we had to move in the same building, but move into a smaller office space. I had to take out a loan as well for the business so that's how we survived that situation and it's just like from that i was just like man that was like way too stressful like having 
so many employees and all that stuff. And it's like, when I was thinking about it afterwards, I was like, okay, what if I had increased, instead of hiring more employees, what if I had increased the output of the employees I already had, right? Like, what if I made their work more efficient, you know, figuring out, or if I, like, for example, you have a salesperson and then, you know, there's some grunt work that they have to do, which prevents them from, you know, doing their sales work uh, effectively. What if we hire a part-time salesperson who's based in the Philippines that we can pay a lower amount of money to than hire, like hiring another person in China to do that? Like these kind of things is are the were the lessons that I learned. And then also it was like, what if I don't have a bunch of full-time people? What if we have, you know, a core group of full-time people and then we have part-time people that we increase and decrease their hours as needed? So I still have that thing. And then what I also realized from that situation was, all right, it's better to have, uh, let's say, 15 clients that are like high value clients, like paying us a bunch of money and to have a small team because even the quality of the service is better than to have like a thousand clients and a hundred employees. Because at the end of the day, like the bigger your company gets, look at any company that exists, the bigger your company gets, the service goes down. It's just, it's just one of those things. And you have to start hiring service, customer service people, and you have to start dealing with all these things. It's like, that is not the reason why I got into entrepreneurship. You know, yeah. like that. So, and, yeah, that's, and that's, that's to, another part of it. And not to beat the same drum over and over, but, you know, it, it was a, a hell of a lot easier to take on so many of these smaller startup companies when you or I could dive into China and, and spend a weekend traveling through Shenzhen and Dongguan and Foshan to, to have touch bases with the factories. You know, once that was not an option anymore, these things became exponentially more difficult to, to, to manage. Yeah. And I mean, Imogen has been fantastic um, yeah, the, with this kind of, of stuff. Of like, I mean, in the past two years, like, like you, I'm telling, I tell people right now, I was like, I mean, Imogen's probably been to the same amount of factories as I have at this stage. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it, I mean, even, even, even our China team, they, they can't always just bounce around anywhere at any time. I know that there's still, even today, as we're recording this episode, I mean, there's still a ton, lockdown. a ton of factories that are locked down or they require 14 day quarantines for Chinese citizens. Yeah. So if you're traveling from Guangzhou to Hebei, you're going to have to quarantine in a hotel for 14 days. So, I mean, that's just been so tough to manage these factory inspections, to go have these these meetings. That was a really big part of what we did for a long time. So just, just so much transition. So all this to say, we started to transition more and more into that direction, which was something that I'd been thinking about for years. We had already started doing it. I think COVID just kind of pushed us along and we are starting to get more companies because of some of the reasons that Mike said, some of the reasons I said, and, but we still want to service startups. So the idea was to launch a, first of all, it was to launch a digital summit, which is still there. It's sfadigitalsummit.com. Eventually, I think the course will be something that we push more, but I think the course is a little bit more work, needs a little bit more work. But that means the summit is free, so you can always register for that. But we decided to launch a Discord chat. And the idea behind the Discord is it will be like a small monthly subscription fee. 
uh, we're starting off at $9.99 for the first tier. Yes, for, for the first subscribers that, that join, this will be a limited one-time subscription. If you are a previous SFA client, then you'll be grandfathered in. For at least for the first year, you'll be grandfathered in, and then the the other people, the new subscribers would be nine ninety nine, until we will probably start to increase the prices. So the idea is, if you you know, startup, what it doesn't matter what stage of company you're in, but like it's still I think primarily going to be startups to small to medium sized businesses. We will we have like different channels in the Discord, sourcing production management, quality control, shipping, payments, like all these different subjects. And we'll, we'll continue to add. And we'll just talk about stuff in there. Uh, we have community managers and we're going to be doing uh, Ask Me Anything, I would say at least once a week. I don't want to make promises I can't keep, but we're aiming to do twice a week, but I think it's going to be at least once a week. The idea is if we're transparent communication through all the Discord community members. It serves as a, a knowledge base for startup companies on, on how to get your physical product business going and, and you know, the specifics of sourcing, communicating with, with factories. Um, like Rico just rattled off all aspects of, of product development. And um, it takes some pressure off of us because we don't need to be personally responsible for every individual product, but we can still add a ton of value by um, offering up case studies, you know, projects that we're working on, give you some uh, behind the scenes access to some of the issues that we're dealing with. You know, as Rico said, we'll do an Ask Me Anything. Rico and I will get on uh, every so often and, and give Discord specific podcasts, just kind of updating you on current events and, and what we're seeing with with um, the China landscape and uh, production landscape in, in, in general, you know, nowadays things change. Exclusive. Ex exactly. And things change so frequently. You know, we just mentioned the, the lockdowns and, um, you know, certain ports in China will will be slowed down and, and we get this information, you know, live day to day. So I think it's... Um, I think it'll be a really beneficial thing for, for everyone uh, involved. And I do think that uh, for those people who try to engage in our services, it's going to streamline things. You know, things get a little bottleneck sometimes when, you know, we're, we have to work through specific design aspects of one small project, you know, can, can be more of a, a broad consulting um, method and yeah, we're just so excited, man. I think it's really cool. We've been talking about this for, you know, the idea for years, but specifically the discord seems like six to eight months now and we've been setting it up and, um, developing content and determining, you know, how we're going to present things to people. So I'm uh, pretty excited to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. And I mean, this, for example, the summit is sort of a similar idea, right? It's like building a community around manufacturing and not just like oh here's some content and here's a community no we want to be involved in it we want to be like making sure that things are consistently being discussed that things are being like that's why we have the community managers so it's like even though me and mike 
I'm sure the people that are in the Discord will be in like different time zones and stuff. So even though me and Mike can't immediately answer something or whatever, we have people there that can check the Discord that can go to Mike or myself and be like, hey, how do I answer this question? Or if they have the knowledge to answer, they'll answer themselves. And I feel like that's a big difference between some of these other um, communities without uh, naming any names where it's like the there's no person that is really monitoring what's going on in the discord or the <coughs> group chat or whatever it is so then in the end it's like a lot of questions go unanswered uh the community doesn't feel like there's much activity going on and some people can kind of get lost in that so so for us yeah it's like how do we service our core base and at the same time you know sort of continue the trajectory of the of the business and um yeah i'm just trying to think of some of the other stuff that we're going to do with the discord of course like i mean as it grows i mean we could have people be admins and things like that you know there's a lot of stuff that we can do i'm really like like mike said i'm we're, i'm also really excited about the endless possibilities of how we can take the discord i mean man like we could do live streaming uh yesterday i was having some phone calls with people on discord like video calls like you can send audio messages like there's so many different things that we could do in discord so uh, i'm really excited to to see how that goes and yeah i just want to add value and the more people we get into it the more people talk about it the more quality we get like the more the community grows like it's just exponential potential and i i don't know if there's maybe there is another i know michael mclini has a discord but like michael mclini's stuff is broad it's not specific to manufacturing but i don't know if there's yeah. a niche discord like specific to just manufacturing you know what i mean uh but yeah that's that's what we're we're launching a discord so should be as soon as possible. We'll start to grandfather in previous clients and send some some emails and stuff to 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 our list and everything. Definitely be live live and cooking. No, just will be live and cooking by by the time people hear this. Um, and yeah, excited to to see what what becomes of it. I think you know we have so many people in our network as well. That it won't just be oh, yeah, that's us a, that's another talking thing that to. It won't just be us talking and 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 giving broad general information to people who want to start their own physical product business. You know, there will be designers in the group. There will be people who are uh, solely focused on logistics. You know, so you're going to have experts from different fields also making contributions, and you know, it'll be beneficial for them because it's more people that can connect with and potential clients that they can be introduced to more people are going to be aware of what they bring to the table so yeah I, I think it's exciting for a lot of reasons but for us it's going to be a little um, more in our comfort zone you know it's not so much uh, pressure to handle each individual project it's more for us to um, instruct people on how to communicate with these Chinese suppliers and continue the flow of your development without us having to communicate each individual aspect to, to the suppliers ourselves. Um, I think, I think it's going to be beneficial for everyone involved. Yeah. That was one of the things I was going to say is like on top of that, like grandfathering in 
previous clients. It's also bringing in our contacts and people that will be interested in potentially offering their services uh, to to other members on Discord and stuff like that. So there's going to be, I think as we build up, we're going to create a pretty cool ecosystem of, you know, uh, service providers, startups, uh, established businesses, you know, all that stuff like that. That would be the long-term goal. If you want to join the Discord, then just simply email us. Um, so that would be Kevin at sourcefinasia.com, Rico at sourcefinasia.com, Michael at sourcefinasia.com, and just let us know that you're interested, and uh, we'll start to set you up. Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, I, I mentioned a couple of emails that you can reach out to. Uh, There's a podcast at sourcefindasia.com. Check out the YouTube channel, sourcefindasia on YouTube, all one word, and sourcefindasia.com slash made in China if you want to check out the other previous podcast episodes. Cheers. Uh, straight out the villain, I made it like a villain, I'm hated I see him grilling, I ate it though For the blow inflatable, that's undebatable uh, I'm giving niggas food for thought, the flow is catered, yo I'm never faded, though haters wanna see me broke with me in the door Related, ho It's like my only son, where I go he comes Niggas dumb, they'll be bragging about that stupid shit Nah, I don't stun no niggas, I show them how to do this shit I'm something like the light-skinned version Of the very same baby that the Virgin Mary raised That's word to everything, nigga life is scary game but i'm playing you sucking niggas lying everything that you're saying shame on y'all you trying to ball with the game on pause and nigga put a thing on y'all y'all stay in y'all jaws fuck you niggas but this ain't raw dog i got protection lethal weapons and they aim on y'all i'm like the main on mars i'm high as hell watch me blow like i exhaled i excel in this rap shit because y'all spitting that whack shit and every nigga suddenly be rapping about that trap shit so why you niggas copycat the cast and made classics i just massacre the streets i'm a man Master the beats and the rhymes I'm rapping for the freaks and the dimes And I shine like a motherfucking diamond You shine like a motherfucking dime That's word to my mom, I don't mind if y'all niggas hate Just know you hatin' on that nigga, nigga get it straight I'm spittin' hungry like ain't shit up on my dinner plate the kind of flow to make a nigga hyperventilate uh, See, let me demonstrate I grew up with nothing It hurt me to see my mother poke The only pops a nigga ever seen around was Huxtable And so the muscle flow is something you can't get no muzzle for Look how the buzzer grow Ballin' to the buzzer blow Man, I'm hungry, does it show? Ain't nothing funny, fuck a joke I'm getting money to my pockets Need a tummy tuck I hope you niggas woke now And permanently Send you to hell You meet the devil Sign a permanent lease Word on the streets is on the prince Nigga, check the splendor And I can't wait to be be the king, nigga, young Simba. Word on the streets is on the prince, nigga, check the splendor. And I can't wait to be the king, nigga, young Simba. Nigga, yeah. Uh-uh, it's for the veil, nigga. Uh-uh, it's for them real niggas, yeah. J. Cole, nigga. It's the, the, the come up, nigga. Told y'all niggas, we ain't fucking yeah. around with you. This is just the beginning. Ah. DJ on is point, J. Cole.